Hello, my name is Joe Severino, and I'd like to congratulate everybody that uh, won an award tonight. I, uh, full disclosure, I'm running for 10th District Congress. I'm a, a resident of Lake Forest, and I have five children for, that are in our schools. And outside of seeing a man beat a woman today in MMA and totally decimate her uh, physically and emotionally, I thought I'd get through the day without seeing something so disgusting again until I saw who's this, the, the, the leader here that was outside whining to a woman and threatening to drag her out or have somebody escort her out with a two-year-old child by her. You should exercise a little bit more emotional intelligence. If you want to lead, you do it. You should have tapped one of your female board members here to ask her to have a private conversation rather than embarrass and threaten her. So to start off on the right foot in the community, that's not the way to do it. I think it was appalling. And I'd like you, if you don't mind, to read the disclaimer on the mask box here, if you, if you can read it. Your public participation is for you to interact, so I'm not going to read, but thank you so much for the offer. Okay, well, I'll help you. It says the mask doesn't work. So why are you forcing students to wear something that I'm sorry, I'm going to have to just remind you of the fact that all those speaking are expected to act with respect and civility. And I would like you to that would include not interrupting me when I do speak. Thank you. It, it is my job as the board Thank president. You. Masks do not work. Masks do not work. Please don't interrupt me. I, I, I'm on a time limit here. I'm asking every person sitting on this board to step down, and if not, I'm going to personally organize a recall because I'm sick and tired of seeing pseudo-intellectuals, and I went to Harvard Business School, so I know something about leadership. I studied it with the foremost leaders on earth. To sit here and dictate to parents and try to be a first educator when your responsibility is secondary education. Our kids come to school with their morals intact and they should go home with them. You're indoctrinating kids and the behavior of this board, the behavior of this board is appalling. Thank you for your time. Hi, this is Joe Severino. You're listening to the Lake Forest Podcast. Welcome to the Lake Forest Podcast, a podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest, featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, and food. My name is Pete, and I also live in Lake Forest. Hey, we got a show sponsor for NeuroNoodle. Hey, parents of athletes, your kids get a physical every year, right? We'll include a brain map so you have a baseline to compare it to in case something happens. It only takes 20 minutes to get the data you need to know if your athlete should get back on the field. Okay, one of the things we like to do here at the Lake Forest Podcast is to shed light on local people doing local good. Well, today we're joined by Joe Severino. He's running for Congress. Joe, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me on the show, Pete. Hey, uh, give us a little background about yourself for the people who don't know you that just moved into Lake Forest. We get about 
500, 2,000 people that move in each year. Uh, give us your background, Joe. Well, I was one of the uh, 500 to 1,000 that moved in about two years ago. I was a resident of Park Ridge. Uh, I actually bought my home to flip it uh, that I currently reside in and fell in love with the community as well as the home. And uh, I'm waiting for the renter to leave my previous home so I can put it on the market during a great time. And we are staying in Lake Forest. That's awesome, Joe. So two years, Park Ridge, where were you at before that? Like I, I grew I up was, in the city and moved out to Lake Forest three years ago. So I'm oh, relative to you too. Oh, got it. So a little bit of my backstory. I actually grew up in Cicero, Illinois. And Cicero. Uh, from Cicero, I moved to the west side of Chicago. And uh, then I was in the West Loop for about maybe 12 years across from Harpo Studio there, which yeah. was in, infamous for a while. And then uh, started having children, moved to Park Ridge, which was almost a culture shock for me. And then uh, over to Park Ridge. So it was a nice... Uh, it was a nice introduction to suburban living, being a city guy, and uh, I couldn't be any happier. Well, this is, Lake Forest is a lot better in west west part of Chicago. Where where, where in uh, West uh, Chicago were you? I was like Taylor and Western. Oh they call it man, YC Village now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're definitely better off, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little rough growing up. <laughs> well, it just goes to show that we we appreciate Lake Forest more than most people. Absolutely. So, so, Joe, I was watching the, I was watching the school board meeting the other day. It was pretty passionate there at the end, and I saw you getting up to speak. And I'm like, wait a minute, who is this guy? I got to get to know him a little bit better. How did you decide that you wanted to run for Congress, and then you went to the school board elections? What was going on there? Can you give us a little flavor what you stand for? Certainly. So I'm a conservative running for uh, Congress in the 10th district, opposing Brad Schneider, or at least the way it's district now, it's the 10th district. My interest was I own or owned a parking company that I sat at home while I had literally first line workers out there uh, while COVID first started and everybody was scared to death, wiping their groceries, Clorox wipes, et cetera. I was sitting at home caring about those individuals thinking, you know, it's almost unfair. I felt selfish sitting at home collecting checks while my staff was literally in harm's way. I decided to turn my company over to three hardest working minority employees. I walked away from it and I thought, what could I do that would better serve the community? In the interim, I was running a children's foundation, which I completely sponsored. I started about seven or eight years ago where we would sponsor children to play youth sports and then we create a great leadership opportunity for these children and then ask the parents to make donations directly to a children's hospital and one of them was football so i'm very familiar with uh neuro noodle i think you mentioned uh, yes. so we provided all the baseline testing everything for these kids which was tremendous oh um, wow but the long and short of it is that yeah 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 so the long and short of it is i wasn't able to do that anymore, actually be on the field with these kids, bring professional athletes together. We'd have kids that came from 95th and Stony or the West Side to play in Park Ridge and, uh, and really put them in a team atmosphere where they could maybe meet kids they wouldn't ordinarily meet and learn a little bit more about each other's cultures and really build some, some friendships and let them look at life through a different lens. And it was just spectacular. So once they were uh, prevented from doing that because of the COVID culture, 
I thought, what could I do in a greater sense? Now I have a little downtime. What can I do in a greater sense where I could actually go out there and, and, and serve the community in a greater capacity or, or in more of an aggregate way? And the idea was Congress. I thought I could couple my business sophistication, my life experience, uh, being a father, my passion for uh, the community and to serve into one direction. And, and I kind of burned the bridge and, and I'm for it. 10th District, uh, let's see, Bob, Bob Dole and Brad Schneider, they were going at it back and forth for a while there. You think it's time for Schneider to come come back down again? Uh. <laughs> I absolutely do. I think he's a fair weather candidate I or congressman. Uh, they flip-flop back and forth because, in my estimation, neither one of them were remarkable. Uh, I think I can be a populist congressman. I think I can appeal to individuals on both sides of the aisle. I don't completely agree with uh, agendas on either side. However, my core values are conservative. I believe that people will find me to be authentic and genuine and, and believe I'll work hard for them. So I think I have an absolute chance of winning this race. Now, go, going down the list, the platform that you're running on, yeah, police reform. You don't want to defund the police, but you want to retrain the police. Can you uh, tell us how you would do that? Certainly. I, well, I think with training, I think two of the, of the most crucial individuals in our communities, and that's the police officers, teachers, and nurses. Uh, I don't think that the, uh, uh, let's say, let's use uh, teachers for one. Teachers don't, teachers are held under a scrutiny currently that's unfair. They no longer have the latitude to teach in a classroom, just fundamental academics. They're they're flooded with uh, very radical agendas that they need to push rather than stick to, you know, pencils and books, number one. And I think they're underpaid. I think the teachers union is a detriment to their success and autonomy in teaching. Uh, I think that the police should be making more money. I think the, uh, the police, they should, they should be retrained. We need more competent police. We don't need to, you know, uh, have them disappear from a community, but we do need to keep them in our community. I'm a big proponent for uh, you know, a lot of these police officers are coaches and, uh, you know, driver's ed instructors, security guards. They, uh, they do a lot. They're, they're a big part of our community. And I think that if they were paid a little bit better and they retained a little bit more respect in their position of yesteryear while upholding the values that they should be exhibiting in the streets, I think that uh, they could be... Uh, a, a real blessing for our community rather than to defund them. I think that's the wrong direction to head it. I think that there's a, I think the criminal currently has a, um, a false sense of empowerment. I think that our, a very radical culture is causing them to believe that they should have disrespect for the police and it's winding up in, you know, unnecessary deaths, arrests, et cetera. Things could be managed a lot differently, uh, either lawfully or civilly, and uh, it's to the, uh, the detriment. People are being aggrieved. So I think they should be trained. I think they should, uh, you know, make a little bit more money. And also they should live in the neighborhood in which they, they work. So let's say a Lake Forest police officer, if you had an individual, like, let's say, shooting in Atlanta recently, uh, no one knew who the, the individual was that uh, wound up being shot. However, he really didn't pose a threat at the end of the day, they find out that, you know, maybe he had a mental illness, something. If you were dealing with members in your community, you would know who needed to be policed in what way. 
and when you really needed to use force or intervene. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the police right now are getting a bad rap and they need all the support we can give them. And what's your take? Uh, I mean, you were at the school board meeting and the parents are pretty passionate. What was your take of all that? I mean, there was some grandstanding, you know, it, there's two sides to everything. The truth is somewhere in between. If you're sure. going to run for Congress, how would you deal with that? I say post scale, I don't say fiasco, but they shut everything down. Now you can't have a lot. You, you can't go to the uh, board meetings anymore. It has to be Zoom. How, how would you treat that? How would you deal with that situation uh, that you were at the other night? What I ran into, Pete, was um, prior, I was there to speak on behalf of a mass choice. There's individuals in the community, 80% of them, that feel it's not necessary for their children to wear a mask at school. However, there's 20% that believe their children should. And I firmly stand with them. If they believe that their children, that it's helping them, they should have that choice. However, on the other side, the 80% should also have the choice not to have to wear the, uh, a mask. Subsequent to the meeting, it's been found to be a, a quarantine device by a Southern judge uh, in Illinois. That's basically what I was there to speak on. I wanted to speak on the legality of it, it being a governmental overreach. I think uh, Pritzker is uh, just on a tyrannical uh, rampage right now with our rights. And what I wanted to do was inject an empathetic perspective uh, as a father of five or in the district to say, originally my research was going to be about the starvation of oxygen. In the interim, I found out that yawning was a sign of sympathy rather than a reminder of us biologically to preserve our species and to, uh, you know, to take in some uh, oxygen. And I wanted to speak on the uh, a, a reasonable uh, sense of why we should have the option. Well, prior to the meeting, I witnessed one of the school board members and I was standing outside without a mask on. And I witnessed one of the school board members walk up to a woman who was kind of like a free-spirited uh, free kind of woman. She was with a two-year-old child and he approached her with the box of masks and said, "I, you're going to be required to put a mask on. She said she didn't want to wear one. And he asked her again. She said, I have an exemption. He uh, was a little forceful in the, in the third approach and saying, you're going to need to put it on. And I intervened and I said, do you mind if, I'm sorry, the fourth time he said, if you don't put it on, I'm going to have you dragged out of here, is what he said. So I intervened and I said, excuse me, she's six feet away from everyone else. She's with a two-year-old child. This might not be the proper way to approach her. Why don't you have her go in a different room, the viewing room, et cetera, and let's just settle down. Well, that wasn't good enough for him. He wanted the, the police officer to have her put on a mask. As I was sitting in the viewing room, I offered to go sit in the viewing room with her. Originally, she thought it was a quarantine room, but when she realized it was just a viewing room as others were sitting, uh, she was far more uh, acceptable to the idea. So we went in the viewing room and I sat with her and the entire time I was sitting there, I was watching the little child with their snack tray and thinking about how scared she was watching her mother be approached that way. And it just, the emotion of being a father uh, uh, just kind of built up. And that's why I went in there and said, you know, it was disgusting the way, uh, you know, where are we as a society now where if somebody believes something different from you, they should be bullied in any way. We're losing civility and chivalry when we should be promoting one another in, in different ideas and not be at odds because of, uh, you know, this is being attached to uh, or shackled to some political agenda or a political position. I don't, I don't look at it that way. 
you know, I don't discriminate against anybody. Uh, whatever they want to believe is fine with them. If they believe two masks work, I'm for it. Let them wear them and nobody should be telling them what to do. But on the other side, I believe in fighting for my rights. And I think that came out when I addressed the board at the meeting. Now, the, the lady that you saw, that was she was getting scolded outside of the venue, right? Correct. Or was she inside? Yeah, it was outside. Yeah. You don't have to wear a mask outside, do you? Oh, no, she was outside of the room, but not outside of the uh, walls, we'll say. That. Okay, got it, yeah. got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she, in fairness to her, she, she was by herself. Uh, she had her child. She was literally 20 feet away from anyone. And I felt a little uncomfortable because he approached the woman. I was standing there. I'm a bigger guy, and I understand maybe I'm not the first selection. But, yeah. you know, he kind of acknowledged me to say hello with his eyes, but proceeded to approach her. I just thought it was, to me, it seemed discriminatory on its face. And uh, I just wasn't thrilled about it. Any idea why it seems like the high school board meeting, there's just a bad uh, vibe or juju versus the mm -hmm. District 67 school board meeting. We had Taylor Cottom on the show a couple of days ago, and he went to both. And it just seems to be a different attitude or it's less antagonistic in the uh, grade school versus the high school. Any, any idea why that is? Certainly. So what occurred is I think 67, uh, this is my first experience with both boards. I went to a town hall, I spoke, and then I was kind of recruited by parents because I was running to voice my opinion because it seemed reasonable and fair, which I hope that's the way it's interpreted. However, uh, I think that subsequent to the 115 meeting, 67 got a chance to look at the way you should never manage a board meeting and how you should treat people in a more civil way with more respect, particularly being parents. And I think they decided to manage it and navigate it a little differently. And it was managed very professionally, although the um, president of the board, you know, began the meeting with him saying yeah. that he was, you know, scared of words or something. It's just ridiculous. It's a censoring tactic now to say, you know, you're scared or uneasy. And, uh, you know, I just don't go for that. I'm not going to stymie my, my speech or what I have to say, or as particularly speak on someone. As a matter of fact, I'm more apt to keep my, to stay quiet regarding my own feelings than I am interjecting myself and others if I think something's going wrong. So the long and short of it was, I think they saw how ridiculous they looked in the first meeting. Uh, they paused and said, you better handle it differently because we look awful here. And the optics of it were awful. It gained national attention. Uh, I'm going to be on a national show in a few days. Uh, they want to speak about that uh, as well as my, primarily my run, but speak about that also. And uh, because people are fed up, the school board is one of the last bastions of being able to not uh, to speak freely and not be censored. And, and now the Biden administration has come out and said that parents speaking at meetings are domestic terrorists. So now we're terrorists because we're looking out for the best interests of our children. And uh, certainly, whether you're a Republican or Democrat or independent, libertarian, whatever you might be, we can all come together as parents to say that you know, there should always be an open forum for concerned parents to speak. And, and uh, so to answer your question a little uh, more directly, I think that 67 witnessed what 115 did improperly, and they ensured uh, to extend a proper amount of respect and hear everyone, and it was a pleasure to do it. Uh, 115 uh, steered their meeting in a way 
with the, uh, the, the language preceding public comment to create an, an animosity there. And personally, you know, when I go into a negotiation or even strategize, it's not from an antagonistic perspective. I usually want to go in there with a little bit of, you know, honey and, uh, to get my way in. That's just not the way they did it. They, they, they steered the meeting in the direction that it had. You had a magic wand or they did. What do you think they could have done differently, Joe? Because it seemed like uh, it was less, uh, it was like us versus them is what it came down to. Sure. They could have been less condescending, uh, certainly. When people spoke at the podium, they didn't need to be reminded to put their masks on. Uh, I very rarely wear a mask. Uh, I do it as a courtesy for individuals. I do it uh, in a, uh, a public forum if it's required. Other than that, I don't wear it. So they could have been more generous regarding, they show that there's, uh, that they're not part, uh, that there's a, a, a bias. And I think out of anything that occurred in that meeting, they showed how prevalent that bias was. So they, they could have held a more balanced meeting and, and not, not took a side. You know, they're there to be independent. These are voters that see things differently than they do. It, it could have been managed differently and more balanced. So you're going up against Brad Schneider and help me with, with uh, his run. He, mm-hmm. It was Bob Dold won or Bob Dold beat him and then Schneider beat him. And I don't know, went back and yeah. forth a couple of times. Compare yourself against Schneider. How are you different? Okay, you're Republican. He's Democrat. I think he's a financial guy or a CPA or something like that. What, how are you guys different? Why should we pick you over him? Oh, well, I know they call him stay-at-home Brad, <laughs> and, and I wouldn't be stay-at-home Joe. Uh, he's being sued currently for racial uh, uh, discrimination in his office. I hear people go to his offices. He's never there. They call the phone. He never answers. Uh, he's just a lazy congressman. And uh, he's, he's just a neutered individual that does not act on behalf of his constituents. He does what the Illinois or, or the Washington machine uh, wants him to do with no independent voice. And that's why we're in the mess we're in today. I, don't, I, I will stand firmly in the, in the face of righteousness. I don't mind taking arrows for, uh, for the public. And my voice, I think, would resonate better in Washington and throughout the district than his. 10th district for, for the people who just move here don't know, what does that cover? It, it starts in parts of Glenview and it stretches all the way to North Chicago and then it travels West all the way to Mundelein. So it's a huge district. It's, it's an incredibly liberal district. I'm always you know told, Joe, this is going to be a, a, a tough run for you, but I truly believe I can uh, beat Brad Schneider, just based on his record. Uh, he's never passed a bit of legislation. Recently, as some of the uh, election irregularities are unfolding in Arizona, he put out uh, or attempted to put out legislation stating that if anybody believed in election theft, that as people were already incarcerated for it, that they shouldn't sign his piece of legislation. He's not a uniter. He's not a leader. I heard he's literally never had a job in his life. He worked for his father-in-law. It didn't work out. He started doing some consulting. And, and, and I heard he was never even at that office. So I know his wife is doing very well. She's kind of the breadwinner. I think he's drafted on her success. And he's not doing his job. And it's awful. It's affecting everybody. And because he's tying his kite to the sales 
of this radical culture, it's affecting us. Crime is up in the entire district. Uh, carjacking, shootings, uh, crime in North Chicago. This is Cook County politics that are just stretching into the suburbs. And that's why there's a mass exodus We've uh, of Illinois. We were able to reap a little bit of the benefit, particularly in North Shore, because people that live downtown and were frustrated with the leadership started stretching out into the suburbs. Well, if this doesn't get rectified now, they're just going to leave Illinois. And that will be devastating for those that remain. I want to remain. I love Illinois. I love growing up here. I love raising a family here. And I'm going to do whatever I can to help preserve the values of the reasonable voter in, uh, in the district. And, and Schneider also got a tailwind. Didn't they uh, redo the boundaries or something? Yeah. Uh, do you know anything what happened there? Yeah, uh, not particularly, but I do, uh, I do know that uh, it was district to fa- redistricted to favor his incumbency or, or yeah, uh, yeah, know, yeah. To get him reelected, whatever it was. Hey, Joe, uh, on SeverinoForCongress.com slash issues, your issues are free speech, police reform, equal rights, and immigration. Do you want to speak to each or one of those and how you would run things differently than uh, Brad Schneider is? So uh, uh, I think first and foremost, if you're failing, if you can't keep your community safe. So uh, I think that advocating on behalf of the police to ensure that strict policies are in place where they interact more with the community and they police the communities or serve the communities in which they live. You know, when I was growing up, there were the officer friendlies that would come to the school. You had personal relationships with them. I, I think we have to get back to that. And that would take the empowerment from the criminal away and, and then start patrolling the, uh, the town better. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but I think I can kind of dispel the whole narrative that yeah, what I'm learning is that I, I heard a lot about the North Shore being very liberal. You know, people are mistaking being a human for being liberal sometimes just because, you know, you have you wear your uh, heart on your sleeve or because you really care about people. It doesn't mean you're liberal. I, you know, I feel the same way. I share those values. However, we're being taxed to death. Inflation is uh, up like crazy. The, uh, the key inflation gauge uh, reported by the Federal Reserve hits another 30 year high. They call it Bidenflation or a blueflation. Uh, you go to Costco, you go to any of these big box retailers now. I mean, the food costs are soaring. Gas is up like crazy. This is all due to his supportive uh, voting. And so we need to get him out of there. We need somebody to be somewhat of a compliance officer. Come in now, see what's wrong and, and start repairing it. And that's what I believe. That's the need I could fill. You know, what's the best way for uh, potential voters to learn a little bit more about you? Is it SeverinoForCongress.com? Sure. They can go to SeverinoForCongress.com, learn more about me, uh, support my campaign. There's a donate button, $5, $10, $15, whatever you could afford to do. Look at it as an investment into your community or just reach out to me. Send me an email. I've been having conversations with uh, my people in the community, uh, my social media is uh, just growing every day. I think I'm striking a chord with a lot of the the moms. I think they like my message of, you know, where academia is off track. Uh, as a matter of fact, just today, I, I sent an email to this uh, uh, one of the school board members. They're literally in, in, in Lake Forest High School and in uh, uh, Deer Path Middle School, they have a book called Naked, which I mean, it's basically amounts to child porn. And I'm no proof by any stretch of the imagination. However, 
very objectively, this is something that no child should read. In addition, I have the book here on my desk. I'm embarrassed to show it to you. Uh, I was able to get it from one of the uh, parents the other day that I'll be returning to the school. Uh, some suggested I make a police report because it's literally uh, child porn. It talks about a young child having oral sex with an, uh, an adult. I mean, it's uh, with full illustrations. And there was a um, kind of a viral video of a mother, I believe in Fairbanks or something. And that's exactly the book that we have. So we need a complete overhaul of reasonableness here. It's you know, I want to be a, uh, let's say, a, a community first, uh, a parent first candidate that's going to, uh, you know, bring people together to do what's best on the side of our, our community, our families, you know, our, our investments, our, our, our homes. You know, I, I feel like everything's being decimated here and there's a, a radical culture that's, you know, impeding on the rights of, you know, the average uh, person in the community. And a lot of times they're so busy working that they don't even have a chance to realize what's going on in these schools. Have you had a chance to uh, speak with the new uh, superintendent or the principal about that? That's I that book- haven't. Uh, it was a, um, uh, my email went to the principal. Uh, in fairness, I did hear them speak at uh, a couple of board meetings. I have uh, a little bit of hope that they're going to help right the ship somewhat. Okay. Um, and I hope that they act fast, uh, but that remains to be seen. So I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, they're so new. I wouldn't uh, throw scrutiny on them, but uh, we're, our, you know, our eyes are definitely open and we're going to be paying attention to what they do when they get this information. Joe, thank you so much for coming on on the show. Joe Severino for Congress at SeverinoForCongress.com. Thanks, Joe, for making it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Lake Forest Podcast. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you'd like to hear about any upcoming shows. Again, I'm Pete, and I can be reached at Pete at LakeForestPodcast.com. The link will be in the podcast notes. On behalf of my co-host, Scoo Walker, we thank you for listening, and we thank our Patreon supporters, Church of the Holy Spirit, Reverend Luke Back, and Matt A. Cue the band.